ship it. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Redeemed Legion podcast. This is episode number six. Uh, my name is Brendan. We have Pete on here, also from the Redeemed Legion, and we will probably have Drew coming on any minute. Uh, we are super excited today. We have our next guest on the podcast. Everybody, welcome Ken to the Redeemed Legion podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. What's up, Absolutely. Ken? We are we are very excited to have Ken on the podcast today. Um, we uh, we got in touch with Ken, or Ken got in touch with us, I should say, uh, online, and we had some differing opinions on some things, and uh, Ken reached out, and here we are. So we came on here to have a discussion uh, about our differing worldviews and um, learn a little bit more about each other. So mm -hmm. here, here we go. Uh, Ken, I will uh, give you the floor. Sure. Um, so I think a lot of theists or just religious people in general, when they hear of an atheist, they think of someone who is making a declarative statement, there is no God. Um, and that's not really the claim how, how it works. Um, it's more everyone that makes a claim of God to me, it's usually a, uh, the definition of what they're giving of God is different in almost every case and every person that I ask. So I kind of have to take it person by person. Um, but I think a lot of times, uh, what happens is, and I, I brought my jar of gumballs here so we can show kind of an example of what happens, um, with this and how it gets misunderstood. So if I said, Brendan, some guy just came over to me and he said, this jar has an even number of gumballs in it. Do you believe him? Uh, I would say he's making a knowledge claim that he can't make. Yes, exactly. Um, so you're saying there's an odd number. I would also say that that is a different knowledge claim that he also can't make. Yeah, yeah. And so can can kind of see the analogy I'm getting to here? Yep. Of where a lot of times when someone says... Um, there is a God. And I say, I don't say I think you're wrong. I just say I have not seen convincing evidence of that myself. Um, I'm open to seeing it. Um, but a lot of times I think it comes down to people say, you know, with the gumballs, is God real? And then and then we say, I don't think you've met your burden of proof. And a lot of times that gets flipped over to so you don't think there's any God. And then that would be me making a declarative statement about it. And I would then have the burden of proof on myself saying, no, there's not a God. And that would also put me in the position of having to, you know, disprove a negative, which is almost logically impossible to do. Um, so, yeah, I take each claim as it comes uh, with God. And then I then I just have to break it down. What do you believe? Why do you believe that? Um, and yeah, sure. so. That's atheism. It's not, there is no God. It's people are making claims about a God to me. And I'm just saying, I don't think it's met its burden of proof yet. In my opinion. Okay. Yeah. That's reasonable. Um, and I, I would I, even say, and, and just to find some common ground, you know, cause I have read through most of the Bible and 
in my younger years, I would say this is, this is just all trash. It's, it's not even worth reading, whatever. Um, later, and I, I kind of credit Jordan Peterson for this one, kind of slapping me in the head with it and getting me to th actually think about the, the stories a little bit more. And so I don't think of them necessarily as literal. I see the metaphors in the stories and, and, and pull the value from that. So I made a couple just examples of like Cain and Abel. That's a story about sacrifice. Um, if you're not going to sacrifice much, you're, you know, and you're not willing to sacrifice much uh, to get to your goal, getting to that goal is not going to be uh, very tenable. Um, David and Goliath. That's a story about determination. I think you guys would say faith as well. Um, but I would just say determine, it's a story of determination and courage and how that alone can get you through really difficult times. Um, and then Noah and the flood story, um, I think that's a metaphor for truth and value of sticking to, if you think something's true and everyone else in the world thinks you're wrong, um, but you're still really you know, darn sure you're right. You should stick to your guns on that. And so I look at the stories more as metaphors and a mythological kind of statement. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, a couple things just off the rip based on what you said. Um, would you, you, you claim atheism and you just talked about atheism and what that means. Um, how, how do you, would you be willing to accept uh, a label of agnosticism versus atheism? Because it's, and I ask because it sounds to me like, uh, and, and you said, right, you're not making the positive statement, there is no God, right? You're not making that assertion. Because I don't even know what God would be. Sure, um, sure. So, so I, yeah, yeah. And I get that. I, I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is uh, you are open to the idea of God and and you're looking for proof. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. If I saw evidence or proof of the supernatural aspects of it. Uh, yeah. Cool. And I awesome. see no reason not to believe it. You'd be a silly person not to. Sure. Agreed. Um, so I, I think what what you're going to hear from us tonight, um, the position that we're going to approach this from is one of um, from the what w the truth of the Bible, right? Uh, mm -hmm. From the position of God is real. He has revealed himself to us through his word, special revelation. And and we'll talk about some things that we feel are proof to that. Um, sure. so, so right off the bat, when you were talking through um, some stories uh, from the Bible, you referenced some things like truth and um, sacrifice and things like that. So we'll just take truth as one. Um, do you, what's your thoughts on uh, truth versus lies? Do you feel that there can be, or that there is objective truth? Uh, mostly that mathematical law would be about as close as objective truth as I say you would get. Um, okay. Beyond that, proving anything 100% is very difficult, almost, I, I would say, impossible. Okay. 
So mathematical proof is a good one. That's a perfectly legitimate claim. Uh, and I would I would say things like mathematics and the laws of logic, things that that we all hold to as truths, right? Uh, they're what we use to do science, right? They're what we use to do experimentation and and prove or disprove hypotheses and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and my question to you would be, um, uh, things like mathematics and the laws of logic, like the law of non-contradiction and the law of identity and things like that. Would you call those things universal? Meaning when an experiment is done in Iceland, does that experiment and the methodology they used to conduct that experiment, does does all that hold true for us here in the U.S. or anywhere else in the world? Yeah, I would say so. I have to see the specifics of like the, the exact experiment that they're doing. But, but if, you know, they're... Sure mixing two chemicals and measuring how much of, you know, an endothermic or exothermic reaction has happened. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. And that, of course there can be variables that could be skewed or wrong or, or whatever, but in order to conduct any scientific experiment, we all hold to laws of logic, right. That say yeah. that, you know, like the law that says that I can't be here and not here at the same time. Yeah. Right. Simple laws of logic. So would you say that those laws of logic are material or immaterial? Uh, I think the argument could be made both ways. Okay. Um, Well, we can't, you know, you can't, you can't hold a law in your hand. You can't see a law. You can see physical representation of it. Correct. You can't, but you can't see the law. The law is a thing that is, immaterial and universal and unchanging right yeah yeah sure far as math something is sure because if they weren't then science would be junk right we wouldn't get anything useful out of science if the laws didn't hold across people and space and time yes but I, i would add to that science also has to always be open to criticism and correction or sure. it can't or it gets stuck Sure. Yes, that's an important aspect of it, too, that I would just as a side to it. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, But and with that, I would say that the the things that you just mentioned as far as experimentation and and being open to revision, things like that, those are uh, secondary to the laws of logic, which state that we have to be, you know, there's an aspect of truth to the laws of logic, right? We, we assume that the scientists performing, performing the experiment are being truthful, right? If they're lying, that then the experiment is junk. Correct. So the, so what I'm getting at, this is, this is, I know I'm talking a lot and this has been a long way to go, but the point I'm getting at is uh, we agree that there are immaterial universal things like mathematics and the laws of logic. Sure. So from the atheistic Mm -hmm. worldview, uh, the atheistic worldview really doesn't provide a justification for universal and material things. Where do those things come from if the universe is just matter in motion? It's just stardust bumping into stardust. And I would say atheism doesn't answer that question because atheism okay. is only in regards to, to one claim, and that is, does God exist? So if we're getting into the rest of it, now we're kind of talking more about physics more than than the other i feel like 
Well, and, and, you know, physics is another example, right? We, the only, in order for someone from the atheistic worldview, for someone that, that states that uh, the universe was born in chaos and, and now we're here uh, for someone like that, that espouses that to, but again, atheism wouldn't say anything about the origin of the universe. It's, it's, again, it's only about the claim of a God. So an atheist could believe the universe is 2 billion years old or 20 billion years old. It's, it's either, it's only about the claim of God. Um, It doesn't inform any of my worldview in any other way. Okay. I, I guess I, I guess I made an assumption. Uh, I, I would, in my experience, the majority of people who claim an atheistic worldview, uh, in in that they are denying that there is a an all powerful God, they are they generally hold to the principles of cosmic evolution and macro evolution and chemical evolution and things like those. So, sure. so, so what I'm getting at is, if that's the case, if the case is that the universe just happened. Right. It, it happened over a long time by random, you know, time and chance acting on matter. Uh, what there is no justification in that worldview for universal and material unchanging things like laws of logic and mathematics. And I would argue, why, go ahead. Why does there need to be a justification for it instead of them just existing naturally? Because immaterial, if you're a naturalist and a materialist, there can be no immaterial. What would give rise to the immaterial? And and let me give you the other side uh, of it. Ideas, to- dreams, those are immaterial things. That I, yeah, totally agree. Well, and they can be physical because they're reactions in our brain as well. Right, and so. Uh, I, I, from the other side of things, from our side of things, we we hold to. Uh, there, there is a personal creator of the universe. There is a mind behind the universe, and that's the triune God of Scripture. And in that, we have a justification as Christians for all these immaterial things. And we can say that uh, immutable, inescapable things like the laws of logic uh, came, uh, they, they are here, they exist because the creator God gave them to us. He put them here, and and otherwise, we if we just talk if we just talk about chemicals fizzing in our brains, that doesn't really give rise to universal immaterial things. I I think that there's an assumption being made in there, in that, so you're looking for a justification. And you're, you're, you're basically saying it's impossible without this, this God. Correct. Otherwise, we, can, we can't justify any of it. So I would basically ask how you didn't rule out every other God, a flying teapot that magically creates universe. How, how did we rule all that out? Mm-hmm. And what evidence do we have to say that the justification is this God? Because I think that's the real question. Sure. And that is a valid question. Uh, I, I would I would point you to uh, the special revelation of God, 
in the word of God and, and the historicity and the transmissibility of the word and, uh, you know, f- prophecy fulfilled, all of those things. None what, of the- so prophecy. Jimmy, mm-hmm. what do you think is like the single best prophecy that's come? Jesus. Predicted. Jesus. Jesus existing. Uh, uh, yeah. The whole go ahead, Pete. I'm just going to say there, there's a handful of of uh, notes that specifically speak to Jesus coming. Um, I don't I don't have a list of sources, but I have a, a list of a couple of random bits and pieces that if we want if we want to dive into, we can. But I think like on a, for the sake of this discussion, high level will, will be useful and then we can dive into whatever bits and pieces we want to. But um, in Isaiah, it says that the Lord himself is going to give a sign, uh, you know, basically speaks that a virgin is going to conceive give birth and give his name Emmanuel. Uh, it speaks to Old Testament. All these are Old Testament examples. It speaks to Bethlehem uh, being a small place uh, within Judah. And then it is eventually a ruler of Israel is going to come from you. Um, the also speaks to rejoice um, Zion and Jerusalem. Your righteous and victorious is going to come in riding on a donkey, a colt. Um, he was despised and rejected and... Um, people turned their backs on him, um, buried him, unjustly condemned and buried like a criminal. Uh, these are all different snippets that are in the Old Testament and speak very clearly to Jesus. There's a couple more here, um, but basically each of those are listed at different times in the Old Testament. And then I think there's there's quite a bit of history outside of the Bible that says that Jesus was a real person, that Jesus did exist. Um, you know, th- there's the uh, basically a snippet that essentially th- there is more there's more evidence of Jesus existence as a human, arguably, but as a human than there is of several other major historical figures that I don't think we would have a podcast to debate, like whether or not Julius Caesar um, or a handful of other people existed like Jesus existed. He was a man that existed for sure. And then there are other um you have the Bible, but again, outside the Bible, there are a number of historical documents that speak to him having been an influential and disruptive person, creating a religion that people were willing to die for, um, and and you know a a church was born out of him, uh, and that isn't the Bible. The Bible also says this, but there are a number of other historical documents that also say it. Um, you know, some some bits and pieces of that. They don't say that exact phrase obviously i hope we're not getting going to get lost in the semantics and specifics but i uh to me to me all of those things as far as prophecy goes are pretty clear um and and hard to hard to ignore so i'm happy to talk more on that when you're ready i would just ask why i should take the bible seriously prophecy you said um, because it mentions real places, real people. We know that in even nonfiction writings, a lot of it is based on reality. Uh, the Harry Potter books reference places all over Europe, but that doesn't mean that the witches and wizards are flying around on broomsticks. Um, <laughs> so I, I would say to that, Ken, that, that, you're absolutely right. Of course, you know, works of, of fiction and nonfiction 
uh, obviously reference real places and people and things like that. The difference in the Bible is uh, a couple things. One is the prophecies, like we talked about. There are over 350 Messianic prophets prophecies in the Old Testament, all of which were fulfilled by one man, Jesus. Uh, and, and you're absolutely positive none of this was like backfilled when any of the Bible was retranslated any of the many times or rewritten from memory. Like uh, I think it was in the early fifth or sixth century it was i believe completely lost and then rewritten from memory so i would just how do we know that a lot of this wasn't just backfilled into it in the translations um yeah i i understand that and that's a reasonable thought um what i would say is and and none of us are bible scholars ken just to put that out there yeah. yeah yeah no i'm just i'm just being real with you but what i what i would say is if you if you do some study on on the historicity of the bible and its transmission through time uh there's there's a lot of uh there's more evidence than not that speaks to uh the trustworthiness of the current translations we have um what well, what would you say those are uh, well, one is the the uh, the secular writings that Pete mentioned uh, that verify um, events, particularly surrounding Jesus, uh, specifically from the Romans. Um, You're talking about um, uh, Pontius Pilate, I'm, I'm assuming? Pilate is mentioned in uh, one of them is Josephus. He was a Roman. There was another one, a Greek that I, his name is escaping me at the moment. Um, but there's like 11 secular texts, I think it's 11, from that time period or from like the from the hundred years after Christ was crucified um, that speak to the same. They, they document yeah. the events, uh, including the resurrection. Yeah. I um, mean, and, and, and you can look this up, uh, Pontius Pilate, that's been thoroughly debunked. Um, so can you give a source for that? Sure. Um What what part of what are you saying about Pontius Pilate has been debunked? Uh, the part about Jesus, it just it 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 doesn't match with the writing of how it was flowing. Um, it looks as if it was kind of cut and pasted in before of uh, somebody by somebody else. Um, so yes, he is a you know a serious scholar, but the question is, was was that forged and i probably you know should have come cambridge university has done a little bit on it um is this a writing by pilot that you're referring to yeah yeah um the, just the writing was analyzed by by a bunch of linguists and um uh people who study were uh different languages translations um and they said that the parts about Jesus do not flow with the rest of the story and read as if they were added in at a later time. Um, you can research that more if you'd like, but I, I know that I've had this debate before, not debate. Um, sure. 
but there's a lot of question around the validity or veracity of that. Um, sure. And there, and, and there always will be right. And they're, they're always, and that's not to discount it. And, and I certainly will look up uh, what you're, what you're talking about. Um, but the, uh, the, the amount of, prophecy from the Old Testament that was fulfilled, even if a tenth of that was fulfilled by one man, even if the rest of it was false, which we don't believe that it is, but even if it was, uh, any any real prophecy, especially separated by hundreds or thousands of years that then is fulfilled, is a big deal. And it, and it speaks to God's special revelation to us in his word. Yeah, and, and I would just go back to what is your, you know, your... Give me your single best prophecy. Well, I, I that hasn't changed. It's still Jesus. Just Jesus you know, existing? Well, yeah, no. I mean, the the fact that Jesus, I mean, there are 351 or something of them from the Old Testament. I, I certainly can't quote many of them. Uh, but yeah. almost everything about his, uh, his coming, his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection was prophesied in the Old Testament. And and from from the best sources we have, which for us is the Bible, that's true. Uh, those all came true; they were all fulfilled. And so, when you ask what my number one prophecy is, I, don't, I guess I'm giving you a group of prophecies, but prophecies about Jesus. Uh, those, in my opinion, those speak uh, to the Bible being the special revelation of God more than anything else. Yeah. And again, I would just, I, I think it gets circular there because I go back to why should I believe the Bible then? Um, yeah. And and I'm glad you said circular because, um, again, we'll go back to uh, immaterial laws that, that like, like I argue as a presuppositionalist, right? And, yep. and my, and my presupposition is the Bible, it's Christianity. Uh, and, and I would argue that you and a lot of other people like you are also presuppositionalists. We just have different sets of presuppositions, right? Sure. Sure. And so that being the case, uh, I think that, uh, I, I think that you, you live your life and you, you kind of borrow from the Christian worldview in the way you live your life. I would assume that you live Absolutely. a... Yeah. I, we celebrate Christmas. I say Merry Christmas to people. It's my tradition that I grew up with. And Sure. I yeah. And, and I I mean, things on a, on a kind of a more regular, deeper level in that you probably conduct yourself in a moral way most yeah. of the time, right? Yeah. And I would say moral... I'm a natural scientist and I would mm -hmm. say most morals and behaviors come from uh, an evolutionary aspect of primate behavior of uh, why are we nice? Why don't we lie? Why don't we steal? Because for hundreds of thousands of years, if you did that and acted like that, you were kicked out of the group. And that was pretty much a death sentence for you at the time. So it behooved the people who could get along in the groups better. They were going to have more children. This, then the behaviors are going to get passed on more. Um, stealing is bad. Hurting people is bad. 
and it would be, I think, arise out of an evolutionary aspect more so than uh, it's installed into us. Um, okay. I would, I hear you, um, and that that's a reasonable argument. Uh, but again, I would say that, um, we, we would say that morality is universal. Would you... I would agree with you. And I would say it is universal because of our our common evolutionary past uh, that we shared going back hundreds of thousands of years. And culture is going to play a part in that now. I mean, it's not going to be a completely overwhelming thing. We, we know that people behave differently in different cultures. Um, I've been all over the world. I can tell you that. Um, sure. So So let me ask you about that. Uh, people that behave differently or hold to a different moral code in different cultures throughout the world. Um, sure. You know, there are some, some cultures across the world that uh, it is, it is acceptable in those cultures to do things that we would consider morally reprehensible. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. okay. So we call them morally reprehensible, but those people say that they're okay. So are they good or are they bad? I would say they're bad. Okay. So because again, that behavior, I can take a judgment from my lived experience that I would not want those things to happen to me. So to see it happen to another person, I could also, I think, make a fair assumption they don't want that to happen to them either. I completely agree with you. I think where we differ is I think or, that Yeah. Yeah, the origin. I, I think that you know that those things are wrong. And, and if given the opportunity, you would go stop those things from happening. Right? Absolutely. Because you know that they're wrong. Which I would also argue speaks to morality being objective and yep. transcendent. Yep. So would you agree that morality is transcendent? It transcends humans cultural time periods yeah okay so if if morality is transcendent then it has to have a base in something that transcends nature and physical reality can you give me an example of something that transcends nature or reality so that i can have something to compare that to sure uh and i won't use god Right. Thank you. I, I, I would I would say God because that's true, but I get it. Uh, I, I would I would point back to um, the laws of logic, which we agreed are immaterial and universal. And I would also point to uh, rationality. Rationality is is universal. It is like are we you, talked about. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I know I'm just yeah. No, I agree with you. We lack it in in a lot of places, but, um, but rationality, like we talked about science earlier, we have to be rational and reasonable about things in order to move forward and in, in order to learn things, yep. uh, things like that. So I would say rationality, laws of logic, mathematics, these things are all immaterial, universal, and unchanging. Yeah. And, and, and therefore have to have an immaterial universal unchanging source there you go with that word immaterial again well we already agreed that Im the immaterial exists okay 
but again, I feel like we're filling in the gap. We're not ruling out other things that what 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 did this Sherlock Holmes when you've ruled out every other possibility, the only one that remains is the answer. I think that's wrong because they don't how do you know every possibility? How can you even so you can't know I think a, I think something to take in that moment then is if we can't know every possibility, then we have to make a decision based on the best available information that we are able to collect. Yep. So and if I can go, go ahead, ahead, Brandon. Pete. No, nope, sorry. You go. No, you went first. <laughs> um, is that like the transcendent moral values transferring between us? We just know that it's appropriate for me to keep going. Yeah, it's right and wrong, man. <laughs> you just the dirty so, <laughs> That is correct. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if 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 we have to go with the best available information that we have, because we're we're. I think in the beginning of this uh, conversations that we had back and forth before we got connected in some of the comments, you know, and things like that, we were talking about physical evidence, but what we were talking about is not a physical thing. There is physical evidence of Jesus as, as best as can be preserved over a 2000 year period where there are, you know, there is the Bible and then outside of it are the documents and other things we talked about. So, and other historical things that show contextually and culturally that it seems like this is a proper thing or not a proper thing, but a, a real thing that happened. So like we have that piece of evidence. We have the um, uh, prophecy evidence. And even if we take one of these things out, like we still have the other one. Um, there's a couple other things that are escaping me in this moment that I'm happy to try to think of and I'll bring up again. But we have several bits and pieces of evidence that say that this is an explanation and these things are outside of um, physical science. So God is outside of physical science. The, the, you know, for us to go outside and look and be like, oh, right there, like he, there he is. Like, there there yeah. isn't that yeah. thing. So we have to depend on other uh, bits and pieces of information to be able to make this proclamation that we are making that God is in fact real. And Pete, how would you respond to a Muslim who would say the same about uh, Muhammad and all the prophecy um, with that. And, and they like to make a lot of scientific arguments like uh, the Quran says every life was born of water. So, and we know this, which that's not true, but uh, they make a lot of arguments about prophecy and, and stuff just the same. So how, how would you respond to, to them saying that? Or, yeah. Another question that I ask people is, say, say I'm born on a deserted island. I have no idea. I've never even heard the word religion before. I have a Muslim come to me. They say, I have a Quran. I have a book. It has the answers to all of life's greatest mysteries and problems. It's called the Quran. Uh, a Jew comes to me and says, I have a book that has the answers to all of life's greatest mysteries and problems. It is called the Torah. Then a Christian comes in and says the same. I have a book that has the answers uh, to all life's greatest questions, mysteries, and problems. It's called the Bible. And Hindu says it's the uh, Bhagavad Gita. Um, how would I, someone on a desert island who, who has no experience with any of them, and they're all telling me that, you know, there's prophecy that backs them, 
Um, they've all had personal experiences with these gods. Um, how would you tell me to figure out, go about finding out the closest thing to objective truth in that scenario? Yeah. So I, I, if I can jump in here, Pete. Yep. Um, so good question. And I would say that um, as far as the Torah, uh, the, the Bible is the provides the the rest of the Torah. Right. It, it fulfills all those prophecies in the Torah. Uh, and, you know, it's a it, for for a lot of reasons, um, you know, some of us believe the rest of the Bible, the New Testament, and, and we've come to Christ in that. Um, as far as the Quran, uh, the Quran says that uh, they are uh, the final, they are the end. This is the last word. Yeah. Right. And it, but it also speaks to the, the accuracy of the Bible, right? It, it speaks it's to that Jesus in the Quran. Yep. And a lot of prophets. Yep. All the things. Um, I cannot speak to uh, basically anything outside of the three monotheistic religions. Uh, I just, I just don't know. Um, but going back to something you said right before that question, uh, you said um, when you referenced the Sherlock Holmes quote, you said we can't know all possibilities, uh, w which I would agree with. Um, but I would also say if we can't know everything, how can you justify knowing anything? I don't think you can 100 percent. OK, so I see what you're saying, and you're being consistent. Yeah, I'm with like math, I would, you know, two plus two equals four. If I put two, if anyone puts two rocks together and two more rocks, they're going to have four rocks. Um, sure, sure. But I would say, I would argue also, Ken, that you do know things. You know a lot of things. A and so. I, right, but you just said you don't think you can really know anything. And so, if you if, point, no. say that again. Not a hundred percent. No. Okay. So, so I would argue with you. Uh, I would argue that point with you because I would say there are things that you do know 100%. You just gave an example. If you mathematics, right? That's, you can know that a hundred percent for certain, no question. I would also argue that, you know, other things. I would argue that, you know, what is right and wrong. I would argue that, you know, you're sitting in that chair right now. I would argue that you know about a lot of things. You, you're a smart guy. You know a lot. And I would also say that you know those things because you can know things. And the way you can know things is because the, tri the triune God of Scripture, as an immaterial, universal, unchanging creator, gave us the ability to have knowledge. Knowledge starts with him and you are a man made in the image of God. Yeah, that is your opinion. It um, is. I, I would just ask you to think about it. As far as not knowing anything 100%, I, I'm more talking in hypotheticals. Um, I'm not yeah. sitting in a I'm sitting on a stool. I know uh, what I'm sitting in it. Now, you got, the question, you got the, me. The question is not, is it happening? Is it, can I objectively prove that it is happening? 
And I think that I can show you that this chair is here or my stool is here. Um, I can't show you that I know morality, um, right and wrong. That's more of a metaphysical um, subject. Uh, yeah, but I, but I think that you demonstrate in your life every day that you do know about morality. You know about objective morality because that's how you live your life. And I think to do that, you have to, if you're professing to be an atheist, I think you have to borrow from the Christian worldview to live the way you live. You're living like a Christian, but you're professing to be an atheist. A Hindu would probably say I'm living like a, a, a Hindu in the same in regards, and a Buddhist would probably say say the same too. So it, it would just come down to how can how do we figure out if it's true or not? Well, I think the um I, I think the things we've talked about tonight that that are that we have agreed are true, are real. Uh, things like reason and rationality and and the uniformity of nature, uh, things like those. The the Christian worldview explains all of those things that we've talked about far better than any other theistic worldview. We we have a I would man say Go Hindus got it a lot closer. Uh, How's that? their model of the universe is billions of years and not thousands. Um, it just follows a more natural, uh, actual natural progression. Um, I would say. Yeah. I, so I, I find those religions more convincing, um, to be honest. Um, and, 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 I, and I'm not going to say, like I said, I don't think I can know anything for a hundred percent and going back to it. How do I know that I'm sitting on a chair? I could just be a brain in a fat somewhere thinking that I'm sitting on a chair. So back to that, that, you know, I don't think there is a hundred percent knowledge. Um, I have, I think there are weird things that happen that we don't exactly have good explanations for. But I think that's the answer for it is we don't have a good explanation for it. And so trying to um, punch one in uh, doesn't work very well. Um, so I wrote, I've always thought, uh, maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't, the, the Miracle of the Sun, Miracle of Fatima. Um, and the sheer number of people who claim to have experiences with supernatural things. I, I think that's pretty... I say it's evidence. I don't think it's the greatest evidence, but I think it's evidence that there is some maybe something beyond our perception that we're not very keen to. I'm just not too fast to ascribe it to any one particular thing. My answer would be, you know, why does that stuff happen? I, I, I don't know. I think we should find out. That would be my answer. And, you know, and I think that's also a lot of theists would probably say an atheist, you're going to think, I think something came from nothing. I don't think that I don't 
I don't know where the universe came from. And, and I think any scientist who says they know exactly how the universe came about, they are not being honest. The, the Big Bang explains what happened after this happened. Why it happened, that's definitely still up for debate. We're just, the, the Big Bang model just says this happened. And when it did, this appeared to happen after it. The, yeah. the why, I don't know. Why yep. is why does evolution happen the way that it does? I mean, there's natural selection. Um, it's almost can, like it's by its design. Almost. But again, I'm not too keen to ascribe that to anything. My, my answer would still be I'm unconvinced of the origin of that um, and would keep my mind open to other possibilities. And, and, and that would kind of be, I, I don't know if it was any of you guys. I was talking to someone in the comments and they said, well, we're just going to have a discussion and, and no one's mind's going to change anything. And, and I kind of yeah, had to correct them. That well, wasn't wait, if, if I saw physical evidence, I would, I would become an, like a celibate monk tomorrow because <laughs> I, I think no, though no reason not to i think that what what you are asking for though physical evidence of a fundamentally non-physical thing like that, those two things don't align but god interacts with the physical world doesn't he and and we have evidence of that we have we have extensive uh, personal experience that that is documented globally for thousands of years. We have the Bible, um, which is you know there there are manuscripts that are very old. I don't know the age, but very old manuscripts that show that it is fundamentally unchanged over time. There are also extensive extensive is a dramatic word. There are a significant number, 15, 20, 10, whatever the number is, doesn't matter. There is a number of secular texts that speak to uh, the accuracy and uh, Brendan's word that I don't understand. So that, but the historicity of the Bible. Yeah. So, almost. So uh, damn. So we have, we have the best evidence in the physical world that we, we can have. Uh, and, you know, some of the personal experiences I think really stand out too. When you talk about people that completely change. And I mean, I guess that could happen maybe for any reason. And that would be the argument against it. But when you look at somebody, um, excuse me, in the Bible as an example, but like Saul, Paul, there's this guy who is known as being, you know, completely against a particular people, persecuting them, everything, and then has a like a light switch and changes. And like, and how, how does that happen? Um, I, there are other, you know, if it was a person, like, okay, that's an anomaly, but there are stories like that that exist everywhere. And I won't get into his testimony. It's his to tell, but, uh, and, and we all are probably examples to some extent, but drew is a great example of this drew. His personal story was going down a path and then a thing, a light switch happens and he changes and becomes a totally different person. Like that, I think that story at scale becomes evidence. Yeah. There's also the unlikelihood of the Christian religion persevering throughout you know from the time of jesus's resurrection until today you know it, it was a very very outnumbered group of guys 
that all ended up dying badly, like crucifixion and beheading and being boiled in oil for the sake of this testimony. Like, if it was all fake, I don't know that you're going to get people to die for it like that. Uh, you're not going to get people to die for it like that over and over and over again to make sure that the story perseveres and is handed down. We have monks that do it uh, and basically turn themselves into statues and um, for their religion. Um, and I would point back to the Indian religion again, going back several, you know, a thousand years would predate Christianity and, and those stories still persevere. So it, does that make those stories even more valuable because they're even older and still around? I, I see your point, but I think what I just said about the story persevering and people dying badly is, is one piece of this evidence. When you, when you pair that with everything else we've talked about, like, you inherently knowing and believing about the immaterial and about the ability to have knowledge and the ability to know what is right and wrong uh, and those things existing universally and in an unchanging fashion, uh, the Christian worldview wraps all of that up more coherently than certainly more coherently than the atheistic worldview. The atheistic worldview collapses on itself into absurdity when you start talking about immaterial things. I don't know what this worldview you keep talking about is, though. Just it's your view of the world. It's the oh. lens through which you view reality. Yeah, like I said, that the atheism doesn't really cross my mind most days it's not something i think about too much um yeah and i and, and i don't mean to lump you in with a group but it's in not, go ahead go ahead no i just mean the the majority of people in my experience that identify themselves as atheists tend to hold to a naturalistic materialistic worldview meaning they view reality and the universe in, in the light of only what we can see and feel and touch is real. And when you, if, when someone like you will have an honest conversation and be intellectually honest, like you've been, then you get down to the fact that, you know, the immaterial is real. And, and we would say that because you're a man made in the image of God is why you know these things. And, and, and I would just, yeah, disagree and say, I'm not, convinced by the claims i think the natural explanation it it makes more sense to me um and it's not I, I think also a lot of times people make it into a choice of what i'm believing i i can't choose like I, tomorrow i can't just wake up and be like okay i believe in god now it's i just don't and i can't force myself to um, again, I, I haven't found most of the writings that I've researched have gone back to, you know, these are probably forgeries, um, the, all the witnesses for Jesus. Okay. The, the claim is there that these witnesses were there, but how, how do we actually know it? And how do we know these historical documents are accurate? 
when they're gone through. And a lot of them are kind of found to be on shaky ground. Um, Ken, Ken, why do you – just curious your opinion. Why do you think that the Bible is the most – the whole the Christian Bible is the most published book? It's popular. It, it is popular. Why? But why do you think that – I think there's been something like 5 billion copies – ran so but why is it so popular if it's untrue i guess if there's that many people across the globe does the amount of people believing in something make it right so i think uh the answer to that is probably no depending on how you look at it right we talked about morality a lot um that's because a lot of people agree that something is right or wrong right so that's seems to be what makes it moral and immoral sure but i would say that if there's billions and billions of copies of this one book being created it would lead me to believe that it was more likely than, I don't know, maybe the others. And I'm speaking out of opinion here. I'm not saying anything that I have, you know, actual evidence on or anything like that. But it would lead me to believe that there's something to it. But at the same time, if it's not, if it doesn't exist, then I don't, it, what, what is the point of life in general? Just, to exist I, I don't know that's my my honest answer um I, I think you guys would say to live in god's image the best that you can and model that I, I would just say i don't know and and i think too many I, I would say atheists a lot of times don't make that statement enough that we don't know we're not claiming to know. We just don't think anyone else knows either. And we'd like to keep digging into that. And, and I even said, you know, reality is kind of weird things and weird things do happen. I'm just, what that gets attributed to, I think is, is where we kind of diverge um, on that. Where um, I would say, I don't know. Um, is it fair to say that the reason you're saying I don't know is because you're wanting to look at the, you know, you're wanting to look at this scientifically and you don't feel like we have scientific evidence that says this is the right thing. So we don't know that this is the thing yet. Is that, is that why you land where you land? And it's not a gotcha question. I have a book I want to tell you to read. That's why I'm asking. No, no, I want to ask you to read. There's kind of a saying in science. It's like, if you give us one prove us one miracle and we'll give you the rest. Um, sure. So, so, yeah. So I, uh, Drew actually recommended a book for me that I read um, about a year ago. It's called Believing is Seeing. If you've already seen it, read it, read it then then so be it. But if you haven't, I would recommend it. It's, uh, it's by Michael Guyen. That. So 
I, I the guy will do it his own justice if you read it. Um, it's on audiobook. I listened to it on Audible. It was super easy. But he is a and and I I'm going to speak about this and I don't understand it, so forgive me. But is essentially like an astrophysicist and then also like a molecular scientist or something close to that. I'm probably butchering it. If if you are uh, and I know you have a degree in uh, biology, so I, I'm, you probably are smarter than me on that topic. But two significant sciences that this guy is um, deep in. He was an atheist um, and had read most of the religious texts and disproved them scientifically and then wanted to do the same with the Bible. And the book is essentially, not shocker, because I'm talking about it, is a story of him trying to debunk the Bible with the scientific uh, perspective and the scientific method and then being unable to do so and and ends up becoming a Christian. Um, it, it's a, I think you will appreciate it. Uh, just the way that you oh, clearly think and talk, and you should read it. Um, it, it think it's like a ten-hour listen on uh, audiobook. It, I, I listen at like one point two, so maybe it's a little bit longer, but um, it's it's worth checking out. No, no, no. That sounds interesting. I, I'll definitely look at that. Go ahead. So Jake. the last thing I I have, and I want to apologize for being late, Ken. We appreciate you being on, and thanks for being here. Um, mostly listening, but, um, you know, you're familiar with C.S. Lewis, right? I mean, um, you know, so he said one time, you know, we have three, three options about Jesus. He's a liar, a lunatic, or our Lord. And that's the choice that we have to make. Um, and, you know, I think of, by the end of our life, we all make that choice one way or another. Um, but what you believe in supernatural things at all? I, I find it interesting. I don't know if believe would be the right word. I think before you got on, I actually mentioned a couple events that, that I have found really interesting, like the, the miracle of Fatima, the miracle of the sun that I, I think that was important. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just talking also about across cultures and across time, how prominent and the population and amount of people who have claimed to experience the, the supernatural um, is a large number that I think that's evidence. I, I don't think it's the best evidence. I, I think it is evidence. And then um, Skinwalker Ranch, I think, you know, that's some weird stuff going on there. If, if you've not heard of that, that's will put you down a rabbit yeah. hole. Weeks. Um, so yeah, and 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 I, and I said, and I was, I think I was as honest as I could be, and maybe there is something beyond this reality that we're not aware of. Um, sometimes it kind of seems like there is. Uh, my hope would be. If your if your God is as loving as you say He is, I hope that when I get there, He understands that my belief wasn't a choice that I made. I just I just never found anything convincing, but I still lived a more what I think is a moral life, and what I would even say most Christians would would think is a moral life. I'm married, faithful with two kids. Um, 
provide for the family. I'm a really traditional guy. Uh, served in the army for six years, paratrooper. Um, yeah, we thank you for that for yeah, sure. Thank you for your service um, on that, by the way. We are. No our God does say that we have free will and that's unfortunately been our demise. Um, but he also tells us, you know, that it's not our works that, that get us to him um, no matter how good or how bad. And, and I mean, thank God legitimately for that for me, because I've been a pretty crappy human uh, for a lot of years. Um but just my part on this that I that I'll wrap up with is uh, we should be the evidence, right? As Christians, and we do a terrible job of it uh, a lot of times. Um, uh, we're absolutely hypocrites, and um, but you know we we have that forgiveness from Jesus Christ, and um. You know, I think that the three of us have started out on this mission to hopefully reach other guys and, and help show that, um, you know, it's it's all right to be broken and not perfect. Um, but for me, I would say it was a bit of a supernatural uh, revelation that got me here. And, um, you know, I hope that that happens for you as well. Can I ask what it was? And if you don't want to share it, if it's too personal, that's totally fine. no 100 man um do we have time brandon yeah all right let's do it good yes sir okay uh man so just like in a nutshell grew up um in a, a drug home um, my dad was an enforcer for a couple of large criminal organizations um he was the one that collected money or other things when when people owed um and uh, I grew up uh, following a lot of those footsteps. Um, I was the, the nicest dad. Yeah, no, mm. no, not at all. Not if at that's, all. That's what he's uh, for. And uh, coming to adulthood and uh, bad alcoholic, um, adulterer, you know, you name it. Uh, wasn't, wasn't living the life that I needed to be living. Um, and that's a very short version, but, um, one night laying in bed, um, unprovoked, and, you know, and I've thought about it time and time again, man, I've thought about what happened in the weeks prior, what happened in the months prior, was there something maybe ling lingering in my subconscious that, um, you know, triggered me into this or whatever, but it was like somebody reached through the ceiling and just grabbed me by my guts and pulled me out of bed um, you know, not physically, I got up on my own accord. Um, but man, I just, I immediately felt convicted of every sin I had ever committed. Um, I felt shameful. I felt, um, I felt all of those things, uh, to a level that I've never felt them before. And, and in my heart and in my mind, there was no mistaking that, uh, uh, it was, it was God, uh, convicting me at that time. And, um, I went outside, puked. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a deal. Like, uh, it, it lasts a little bit. Um, and from then it's been several years now and I've, I've lived my life for God. Um, and I 
mess that up every day as well, but I'm trying. I repent um, and, and try to move forward. Uh, and my life is is a lot better, but quite honestly, man, my life wasn't that bad then. I was living in my own ignorance um, and didn't really know the difference. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, we're at a point now where uh, our life does revolve around Christ. I'm married. I've got kids and everything. Uh, hopefully a pretty moral guy most of the time. I'm sure I screw that up sometimes. Um, but the difference, the difference was accepting Christ as my savior. Um, I don't have all the, all the fancy big words like Brendan does and everything. And Pete's definitely smarter than I am, but I got my, uh, I got my testimony, man. I'm sticking to it. And, uh, we appreciate the heck out of you, man. And, uh, thank you. Yeah, hopefully. Well, thanks for the story, too. Thank you. Oh, yeah, man. No problem. And you ever want to talk offline, dude, hit me up. I would love to. I'd love to continue discussing. Because, um, yeah, story really, really close to yours, man. Um, I got uh, hurt as a paratrooper in the Army and uh, busted my hips and my back up really bad. Um, and it was back in the time where they just kind of threw pills at you. Sure. Um, then I got out of the, the army and went to a VA doctor and he, he was just like, I'm not comfortable prescribing you any of this. And so that I, I, I didn't know how bad the sickness from, from that could be. Um, that led to a lot of bad choices on my behalf to kind of like escape that pain that I was in. Um, but yeah, I, I really messed my life up using drugs, drinking. I used to smoke a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. I still vape, use a little vape. Um, I don't drink any at all anymore um, or use drugs. Um, I think the message a lot of guys need to hear, they don't hear it in school, is you have, as an individual, you have value. Um, whether if that's because you're created in the image of God or otherwise, you have value of, as an individual. You can do good things. You can be better. Um, and so I don't, I don't know really what it was for me one day. Um, I went through a lot of bad. My my brother passed away uh, from an overdose. Um, so yeah, drugs really messed my life up for a while, and somehow I got out of that. And I kind of got out of that by just believing that I had value, um, more so than than I did, or or the people around me were telling me that I had. So you, you absolutely have value. You're so valuable that Jesus Christ gave his life for you. And, um, I think that I, I don't know a lot about the Quran or Hinduism and, and all of that, but, um, I don't know that they're, they're, their guys did that for them. I don't know that they died and sacrificed for them. The way that so, 
intertwined with Buddhist culture because I do quite a bit of Muay Thai. Um, I'm just getting back into it after about a year off because uh, I had a fight, got my job broke, and had, had to get surgery and put that all back together. Um, so I just got back to it last week. But if you ever watch Muay Thai, it's very deep in uh, deeply entrenched in Buddhist culture. Um, they do special dances before the fight um, to honor uh, all the fighters and coaches and uh, monks and people like that uh, that came before them is um, to show the respect. It's called the Y crew, Rambui. Um, but they actually are atheists when it comes down to it. That's they don't. I've talked to some who believe in like some supernatural stuff of some monks who could do some things that we would call supernatural and, and others that would say, no, it's life. This is our, it's more a model for living more so than having a God at it. It's more of a, a mindset that you're trying to get to. Uh, more than anything. Um, but yeah, there's not much supernatural stuff um, with it. As yeah, far as and, that's, and, that, and that's one of the things, Ken, with the Christian worldview, with, with our beliefs, is our God, the only God, he, he loves us so much that, like Drew said, he sent his only son to die sacrificially for us so that we could have eternal life with him. And, and that's what separates the Christian uh, uh, worldview from the rest of them. Our God literally sacrificed himself for us. And, and he did the same for you. And, and man, we just pray that, that he would speak to you. Yeah. And this could be a stupid question, too. Um, if the God is all-powerful, why couldn't he just snap his fingers and forgive sin why did he have to send himself back and into himself uh or give his son and yeah so that goes uh, it's a good yeah. question man it's yeah, good yeah. It's fair. yep it's a good it is a good question and it goes back to what drew said a few minutes ago about free will he he created man uh, to live in harmony with him and and gave us free will because without choice you can't have love right if he programmed man to only do what he wanted them to that's not love that's robots right and so, so did they get that from adam and eve eating from the the, yep. the tree of knowledge of good and evil yeah and they weren't supposed to do that correct but they had so, free will and they they sinned against God by doing what he told them not to do, which is what introduced the sin condition that we all have. I would us. just say maybe don't put a tree and a serpent in the perfect garden. And then that wouldn't happen. But but, but, but maybe you yeah, wanted the temptation to be there. Maybe. Well, it's, again, it's free will. Yeah. With, without the without the chance to uh without free will right that that isn't love that isn't uh harmony and you have to choose to love someone right 
Like yeah. I, you, you love your wife and you choose to love your wife and she chooses to love you. Right. And, and, but you didn't have to choose that and you can choose to do right and choose to do wrong. Right. And that's what creates real love is when you choose to do the right thing and you choose to be in love with someone and, 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 and live in harmony with them. And so that's what God gave man because he created us to live in harmony with him. He yeah. had to, he, he, that free will is necessary to have a truly loving relationship. And we jacked it up because we have that free will and we're fallen, fallen humans. And for it to truly be free will, there has to be negative consequences. My, my children think they have free will and they don't because I create borders and guidelines for them. Right. Like I'm like, Oh, you can pick, you know, you can pick the red pajamas or the black pajamas, but you're wearing freaking pajamas. It's just not really free will, right? But so, so, so to make the argument that like, oh, well, you know, there just couldn't be bad things in the garden, and then it wouldn't be bad, and this wouldn't happen. That that's not actually free will. Yeah, I, I, and you know, it's just, and and that's where I try to stop looking at it literally, and I and I tried to pull out the, the metaphorical values of it that I kind of spoke on earlier, because otherwise, I just sit there and logically pick it apart. Okay. Well, if God didn't want to do that, maybe isolate them and create another breeding pair that that doesn't. And instead of letting Adam and Eve and that whole disaster run until you have to flood the earth and, and wipe us out to to restart it again. Um, so, yeah, that that's, you know, and, and that's why I try to stop logically looking at it. And I, I tried to look at the metaphorical um values behind the stories yeah. i definitely cool. think it's important to know who god is you know he's he is a righteous god um and there had to be judgment and uh the whole the whole thing of it is that it's for his glory right and we'll, we, I mean, we get into a whole nother podcast on all of this, but, um, yeah, man, I, I think you've got some good questions. And I think that, uh, I think we should continue chasing them down. Yeah. I, I would, I would strongly recommend, uh, you talk a lot about like, you know, using logic, using science, et cetera. You should, you should read that book, uh, because I needed that. I feel the same way. I have felt the same way. I'm like, man, this whole thing could be made up. Like, it feels like it could be. And it was very helpful for me because I was like, no, I'm too smart. Like, I know, I understand logic. I understand science. Like, I, how, how do you explain any particular of the points, right? And that book was very helpful for me to hear someone who is way smarter than me, way smarter scientist, way smarter uh, with, with logic and everything else, explain from that perspective how he he you know picked apart each one of these things i, I don't know I, I just i'd strongly recommend it and one other thing that i feel convicted to say to you is that um maybe for one maybe we're wrong i mean i mean that, that could be that reality could exist i don't think that it does i don't think that any of the three of us think that it does but i mean fine that could be the case if if we're not wrong i want you to know this you said that you hope when you get to you know the end of your life that you're like oh well God will be like hey man I lived a pretty good life uh, I did these things like hopefully he's like cool sorry you were a little confused it's all good 
And the, the Bible is pretty clear about what you need to do to get into heaven. And that is to um, accept, trust, and believe in Jesus Christ. And you guys, the other two guys can be more articulate on this probably than me. But I just want to make, I just, I wanted to say out loud to you that like, don't get that far and then stop and be like, I'm probably good because you're not. So you should, you should pursue it further and decide one way or the other would be my like strong recommendation to you uh, as, as a, as a brother on this earth, regardless of, of, of our faiths. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, the issues I take with the Bible is I find some of the contradictions in it. Like um, who's Joseph's father. Matthew 1, 16, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. But then in Luke 3, 23, Jesus, when he began his ministry, he was about 30 years of age, being the son of Joseph, or the son of Heli. And so I find the contradictions in it a little bit. And and then there's so many different sects and versions, King James Version, New International, uh, what's English standard yep yep yeah um this is a broken world and humans translation i think correct yeah there's 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 hundreds of them and so i would say if 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 there's a god and he wants me to know him so bad like give it to me straight a little bit more why i i feel like i've been digging and digging and digging at this for for a long time and feel like i've sincerely asked um for my revelations um when i was at the the absolute bottom and i didn't get them i just kind of suffered and like i said i had to hear other people tell me that um i had value just being an individual and that was like totally a new concept to me that that just woke me up and was like i am I do control the decisions that I make. Um, and so I try to just be, you know, every day, I, I think it's a good thing to meditate on, or you could even pray on it. Um, what if, what every night I ask myself, what have I done that's made me a better person, more complete person than the day before? And I try to answer that question every night. Um, yeah. And that's, that's awesome. Um, I, I think we would just encourage you to, uh, I know, I know you said you asked for your revelation and I would encourage you to continue, um, to continue asking, right? Cause we can't, uh, we can't know his timing, uh, but he has timing for you. And, and, uh, you've said a lot of things tonight, uh, and you've been super honest and it's been a great conversation. And a lot of the things you said, um, really speak to, um, that the the fact that you are a man made in the image of God and and he has he loves you and he sent his son to die for you and um I, w- I would say just soften your heart be open to it and and keep asking and um and we've been going at it now for almost an hour and a half I think we're gonna wrap it for tonight um it's good stuff though Oh yeah, it was oh, great, dude. man. Agreed. It was great, and uh, we we sincerely appreciate you coming on here, Ken. It's been a great conversation. You're an honest dude. You're a smart dude. Um, 
really, really appreciate you coming on here. I appreciate you having me on and, and, and following through on that and actually doing it. That, yeah. Sorry it took it. so long. Turns out, like we said earlier, we kind of suck at tech. We couldn't get our website. We thought we had a, like a contact <laughs> form on there and it was just going into oblivion. It took us a while no, to figure that out. <laughs> we figured it out. And like I said, it got off to a rocky start, but some things do. And like I said, I think we wrapped it up good. So I, it was a pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, I appreciate you giving me this time. Um, wish you guys all the best and maybe we will, you know, I'm always here if you want to kick me a message or have me back on for any reason, you know, you, you got my email and my contact info. So yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Ken. All right. Well, uh, that is going to be a wrap for tonight. Uh, everybody, this has been Ken. Ken, thank you very much. And we will talk soon. Adios. Adios.